Welcome to the Booktopia podcast. My name is Olivia. I'm here with Sarah McDooling, and we are sitting opposite Julie Kagawa. Hello. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you. It's <laughs> wonderful to be here. Uh, oh no, you go. This okay. is going to be this is going to be us like competing to ask you questions. <laughs> so uh, I will I will link back. <laughs> okay. So Julie, you're known for your Talon Saga and the Iron Fae series, but your latest series is The Shadow of the Fox. Yes. And the second book has recently come out, so we've got Shadow of the Fox and Soul of the Sword. Came out yesterday, in fact. Oh, that is so exciting. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about the series? All right, so Shadow of the Fox um, series is based on my love of anime and video games. Um, when I say what it's about, I tell people that it is a Asian-inspired fantasy set in a mythological Japan, but it's really just I wanted to write an anime. <laughs> So the main character is a kitsune, which is a mythological Japanese creature. Um, kitsune means fox, but in Japanese legend, foxes are shapeshifters and tricksters and troublemakers. They have illusion magic. Um, they can change into human form. Um, and their favorite thing is to play tricks on humans. So the protagonist of Shadow of the Fox is a half-kitsune named Yumeko, who um, discovers that her temple that she was raised in is hiding a part of an ancient scroll that could be used to summon a great dragon into the world, um, and that dragon will grant you one wish. So, of course, everybody is after this piece of the scroll, and so she has to take it and protect it um, as she journeys across this uh, fantastical uh, land full of Japanese creatures from uh, from folklore. Oh, that sounds so awesome. I have read your um, Talon series and the... Um Blood Eden, Blood Blood Eden. Yes, thank you. Um, and I haven't, I haven't started this series, but I just have bought the two books. I'm so excited to get started. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, it sounds like. So, is it a trilogy? It is. Yeah. Yes. So, so there's just one more book one left more to go book after after Soul of the Sword. Yes. That's good. I like coming to a series where there's like already two books and only have to <laughs> wait have for to one. Wait so long <laughs> for the next one. <laughs> I love that wait though. It's good. Anticipation, you know, it's good, but, you know, I like to Sometimes not. when, you know, they end on a really brutal cliffhanger, like <laughs> some people, some authors in sitting in this room like, <laughs> oh, no, I saw terrible cliffhangers. <laughs> so, then that okay. way can become a little bit, you know, long. <laughs> I'll mentally prepare. <laughs> so do you know how the series is going to play out? Are you much of a planner or? I know how the ending is going to be. Um, so yes, the ending is already planned out. I'm currently writing and finishing up the third book of uh, the series. So yes, I know how the ending is going to be. Generally, I have to have an end in mind before I start any series. I have to end, have an end in mind for the book and then for the entire series. And once I have an end in mind, then I can write toward that ending. So you don't um, outline too much between not too the, much. Yeah. You just know where you're going. I just know it's not as easy as sitting down and saying, okay, chapter one. Um, <laughs> but I do know what um, – I have I have a high point that I write towards. So yeah. in, a, in a particular book, um, so I'll know that, okay, this has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen, they have to kiss, and then the ending happens. Um, <laughs> but everything in between those high points are kind of made up. I like that. So you're, like you're writing little... towards like an emotional beat rather than going, okay, there has to be a, you know, a climax here. <laughs> and a, yeah. You know, finish there. Yeah. 
I love hearing about um, the processes of writers. Everyone does it differently. Yeah. Um, so you have multiple best-selling series. Is <laughs> it's always an awkward plural. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how how you started out? Like before you wrote your first book, like did you ever imagine that you would be here? Um, not here. Not here, literally, but not like. <laughs> what I wanted when I when I before I published a book, I always knew that I wanted to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, about when I was like sixteen ish, I decided I was I was going to be a writer. Uh, my original plan was I was going to be a veterinarian, but then I discovered that to be a vet, you had to know a lot of math, <laughs> <laughs> and science. <laughs> so I decided that. Um, I loved reading, um, so I, I wanted to be an author. Um, and before I got published, really all I wanted was to have my book published. And that was that's what's the only thing that I ever wanted. I never imagined that I would write, you know, best-selling series. I never imagined that I would get to go to the, these amazing places like Australia, you know, halfway <laughs> around the world to talk with everybody. And it even now it's just a bit surreal. Have you ever, because we were talking a bit about the podcast about how passionate some of the fans can be, was there ever an instance like where someone said something or did something a fan that really stuck with you? Um, yes, there's the, the, the instances that, um, so I was at, um, I was going to, uh, was it Canada? I was in a customs line um, and it was my first, uh, the first time I had to the customs thing um, and I was kind of nervous because I'd never done it before so I got up to the customs officer and you know they, they're supposed to ask you how long you're going to be there when you're when you're leaving you know what are you here for a vacation or business and I was you know I handed him my my passport and he's like you know how are you, why are you here I'm like I'm an author I'm here on tour and he's like oh that's nice and he looks down and he looks back up at me he looks at the passport and he looks back up and he's like Wait a minute, you're Julie Kagawa. I love your books. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I'm like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, you know. So that was really, really cool. We had a nice little chat, and then I was waved through, but that kind of stuck with me. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so you never know okay. when you're going to run into somebody. <laughs> yeah, normally those interactions are never fun. Yeah, normally when someone says, wait a minute, while staring yeah, at the password. I, I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Because here I am, like, sweating buckets while he's just kind of staring at my passport. And I'm like, oh, what's uh, going to happen? But then, no. That's a beautiful story. I like <laughs> that. So speaking of your okay, intense fans, well, not intense, but, like, passionate fans, um, you're touring Australia right now, and this weekend you're here for Supernova mm-hmm. in Sydney. Yes. Um, what will you be getting up to? Um, I will probably be doing a couple panels, um, and I will be signing, and I believe that is the extent of my um, stay at Supernova. (laughs) During my free time, I might wander around and take some pictures, because, you know, I love uh, seeing all the costumes. um, So if you see me wandering around SupernovaCon, you know, you're free to give me a hug and take a picture, and please don't tackle me. (laughs) (laughs) No tackling. I've only been there um, that, once. That has happened once before. So you got tackled. Just it was more of a very enthusiastic hug. <laughs> it's a fine line between a hug and a tackle. It's a pretty good description of a tackle. I think. <laughs> wow. Okay, so no tackling. That should probably just be a general rule for all humans everywhere. <laughs> wow. It's easy to shove a bunch of like 
amazing book nerds in a room. Like it, the emotions run high. Yeah, they do. That's great. Oh. It's, I, I love the passion. I do. I do love the passion. And so you said you wanted to write an anime, and that was part of the mm-hmm. the inspiration for this new sip. Well, not new. This series that you're almost completed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are your What are some of your favorite anime? Oh goodness, we'll be here all day. Um, <laughs> so the very fr- the the so the anime that actually got me writing this series and got me loving anime in general is a very old anime, and most people probably wouldn't have heard it of it. It was called Fushigi Yugi, and it's about a girl who gets sucked into a fantasy book. Oh wow! Um, and is the priestess of you know becomes the priestess of Suzaku, and there's this beautiful tragic star-crossed love running through this entire series and it has a beautiful um ultimate noble sacrifice ending oh my that's God, terribly tragic kicking <laughs> all my boxes right now yes. i mean you had me at sucked into a fantasy world but it yes. all sounds amazing um so yeah that is an anime that just made me sob at the <sighs> end it was beautiful and it's kind of that's actually when I started writing this, the Shadow of the Fox series, because Shadow of the Fox series was the very first book I actually completed. Um, it was called Something Different back then, and it was the first book that I... Uh, it was the book that got me my agent, my literary agent, but that book never sold. Um, she tried to uh, sell it to the publishing houses, but back then, um, agent fantasy wasn't really a thing. Yeah. Um, so after that, after about a year of trying to sell it, she said, okay, we need to write something different. Do you have any ideas? And I said, well, I have this idea of this girl whose little brother gets stolen by fairies, and she goes into the fairy world to rescue him. What do you think of that? And she's like, yes, write me that book. Oh. I can sell that book. <laughs> so that's when I wrote The Iron oh, King. Wow. But Shadow of the Fox precedes The Iron King, actually. So this was the first thing that you wrote? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. That I finished. <laughs> wow. So that must, have, that must be amazing to have, because you then continued to write like three other, mm-hmm. three series and then returned to And the then I returned one. to this one because now, I mean, it's a great time with all the diversity culture mm. and, and own voices. Now it seems like the market is ready for it. Yeah. So. That's amazing. Did you have to rewrite much of it or was it pretty I much still good? I it. <laughs> Had you found that you changed a lot as a writer in that time? Yes. And it was originally written as an adult fantasy because uh-huh. YA back then wasn't a thing. Uh-huh. Um, the Iron King, um, I was lucky because at that time, uh, Harlequin Teen was just starting to look around for new YA authors. Mm-hmm. And I'm their, I'm their first, I was their first um, original YA author. I mean, after Gina Showalter and Rachel Vincent, because, you know, they're awesome and they ha- have a lot of fans. Yeah. Um, but I was their unknown, their first unknown that my editor picked up. Because both of those authors are, are, had already written adult Yes, they romance, had right? very, yeah. very popular and very successful romance okay. novels. And you were the first I was new the first debut. new wow. debut. That's yeah, so exciting. And so are we allowed, is it, is it too far in the future to ask what comes up after the, after the series? Shadow yeah. Uh, no, because I'm quite excited um, <laughs> of the new series. And um, yes, so the new series after The Shadow of the Fox is a return to the Iron Fae. Oh, wow, really? Mm-hmm. <gasps> With all the original characters. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I will be returning to Megan, Ash, Puck, and Grimm. And so that's, what, 2021? 
Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I like to have it in my mind. (laughs) Oh, that's super exciting. I'm very excited. So is it interesting? So how long has it been since you? Over 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I think they're, they're doing a, they're actually re-releasing a 10 year special edition of the Iron King. Um, I love, not quite sure when. (laughs) I love how many beautiful anniversary editions and special editions there are at the moment in like, especially in the YA fantasy. Yeah. Mm. It it does put me in the awkward position of having to rebuy books that I already (laughs) own because they're now so pretty that I can't not do it. Right. But, um, but, but I look forward to seeing that one. I feel like I've been dominating. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, so in the process of like reading up on you before you came in, I found out that you actually have your own Etsy shop mm-hmm. where you like sculpts little miniature figurines. I do. Well, little miniature. Um, so this came, the Etsy shop came into existence um, right around the time I was writing one of the Talon series. But at that point in time, I was writing three books at once and it was exhausting and I needed to do something other than write or I was going to go crazy. <laughs> um, so I just, on a lark, because I like working with clay, I started, you know, sculpting little dragons. And be- I put them up on my on my blog saying, hey, look, this is cute. This is what I've been doing. And all the fans responded, oh, that's really cool. Can we buy them? <laughs> <laughs> Of course. <laughs> and and do you have an Etsy shop? And I'm like, what's an Etsy shop? So I looked up what Etsy was, and that kind of went from there. Um, so now, so. how how are you finding time to... It's harder now. <laughs> I do them in batches, and it's usually when I have a certain amount, um, I'll put them up, like at least 10. Um, I'll put them up on the Etsy shop and let people know that they're there. And you, so cool. yeah. Are they based on your characters or just? They started based on the dragons, mm-hmm. um, yeah. right? And now I I find sculpting dragons are the easiest because I've had the most practice with them. Yeah. But um, there there were other there were like griffins and there was like for a while there was like tiny little figurines like tiny chibi figurines of like the Iron Fate characters. Oh. Um, so yeah, mostly dragons now though. And you so cool. I'm, I, I'm sorry if I'm wrong about this, but you draw as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you do. Know, and do you, and sell prints? No, um, <laughs> that takes. It's hard for me to find the time to to draw, and yeah. um, it's hard to find the time to sculpt right now. Um, so it's when I it's when I can. You do seem to be doing a lot. <laughs> do you ever use it as kind of a like storyboarding exercise, like if you're writing and you're stuck? Mm. No, for, for me, I have a couple ways of, of when I get writer's block and when I get stuck. The first one is just to power through the scene and just put down whatever garbage comes to mind, <laughs> <laughs> knowing I can always go back and change it later. Um, my most popular method is I skip that scene and then go up onto a scene that I'm not stuck on. My mm-hmm. first drafts are usually full of holes. Um, and then you have to go back and, and then fill I go in. back and fill them in, but it's when you get to the end, you know you have the entire story. So it's much easier to go back and fill in the holes. So when you're skipping something, what do you do? Do you just write more to come and then continue? I put a big <laughs> F-I-X. Right there. Yeah, fix here and then a quick <laughs> sentence, you know, so-and-so needs to kiss so-and-so or so-and-so needs to, or sometimes it's, it's usually a big fight scene here. Yeah. And then I'll move on and... 
Wow. Yeah. I find that interesting. Have you ever um, had one of those moments where you power through something that you think is garbage and you're going to fix it later? Many, times. <laughs> but, but then when you return, you find that it's not? Does yeah. That, does that happen? Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> some, well, mostly what happens is I'm reading through it. I'm like, huh, this isn't bad as I thought it was. Yeah. Um, still pretty bad. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's it's just, you know, you can always go back and fix it. Yeah. My, my first drafts, I the entire first draft, I know I have to go back and fix. How many drafts does it normally take? Um, so I'll do the first draft, and then I'll go back and I'll fill in all the holes and polish it up. Um and then it goes to, and then that that version goes to my editor, who reads it, and then sends me the first editor letter, which is usually this is just the, it's just the broad overall view of what she thought and what she thinks could be improved. Yeah, and that's anywhere from two to you know, twenty pages. It's never been twenty pages. <laughs> <laughs> it's a few pages long of. Character development, story development, just the broad overview. And then mm-hmm. I'll go back and I'll fix all of that. And then I'll send it back to her. And then she'll go through and do the, the line editing, which is more uh, nitpicky of, like, crossing your T's and making sure that the semicolon is, you know, that a comma could go where the semicolon could go. My husband, like, has threatened to rip the semicolon key off of my <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> you, you use it a lot. Because <laughs> I use it too much, apparently. It's just such a great punctuation mark. <laughs> I'm very pro semicolon. <laughs> yeah. So after you know, I fix all of that. I'll send it back to my editor, who will either read it one more time, or then it goes on to the line editor. Yeah. And the line editor will do a very nitpicky um, search for typos. Search for and typos and see if I've you know used a certain word too often. Apparently, I use sigh a lot. And <laughs> sigh and smirk. <laughs> Everybody is sighing or smirking in my books. <laughs> We have a post on the blog from a debut author. Like she called that your cinnamon word. Yes. That's like the weird word that sticks out. That's sort of right there. Yes. I think everyone has them. Yeah, I definitely do. I, so I, she's I... like, let's take out these 40 sides. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not murmuring. I don't love the word murmur no, when I'm no. reading. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, not even like all oh, those descriptive words for how people talk. It's like, just say, they said it. They said it. Just put yes. it out there. So, as you can see, it goes through a lot of drafts. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I find that fascinating. Me too. (laughs) Um, I feel like I'm going to keep asking questions and rob you of your chance to ask questions. Oh, it's fine because I have, like, (laughs) eight quick-fire questions. Do you mind if we, like, these are, like, short answers. Just give us, like, the first thing. First thing that comes to mind. Okay, so what is the last book that you read and adored? Um, Four Dead Queens by Astrid Schultz. She's a super number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll be seeing her tonight, actually. (laughs) So exciting. Okay, so where do you write and at what time of day? I write in my office, um, and it's usually uh, in the morning till five o'clock or when I've reached a thousand words. That's my quota for the day. Cool. That's That's a good quota. So, like, do you have any neat tricks that keep you going? Like, apart from, like, the quota? Caffeine. <laughs> Would we have any books from anyone if there was no caffeine in the world? No. <laughs> or, or alcohol. <laughs> yeah, we had a Tess Woods in last week, and she was like, yeah, wine, alcohol. <laughs> um, what is the first thing that you do when you deliver a finished book? Um, Sleep. <laughs> no. So um, relatable. 
Usually when I de- deliver a finished book, my husband and I will go out to celebrate. We'll have a little dinner somewhere. Oh, that's, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is he the first person that you let read your work? Yes, he Ooh. is my first editor. He's also the one, again, who threatened to re- rip the semicolon key off <laughs> with my keyboard. He's I like, want to have a firm word with your husband. <laughs> um, favorite YA book? Oh, that's not hard. hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> hard one. Um, my favorite YA book. Or There's one that you recommend many. often? All right. The one I one I recommend often is uh, Daughter of Smoke and Bone by oh, Lady Taylor. Oh, yeah. That's a favorite of mine. Also, anything by Lee Bardugo. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see that. Um, favorite writing snack? Caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what is the nicest? N- I can't talk today. What is the nicest thing that anyone's ever said about your writing? Oh, there was a, uh, a signing where I, um, where a mother came up with her daughter, and the daughter uh, had the Iron King. She was around twelve, eleven or twelve, um, and she maybe she was older. She might have been. <laughs> little older but the daughter had been you know bullied at school and had read the iron king um and sympathized with megan a lot and you know she said that the the iron king and the iron fae helped get her through some hard times at school and her mother actually came up and thanked me for writing the books because you know it helped her daughter so much so that was really sweet that's beautiful yeah that's amazing what more could you ask for? <laughs> and really, my favorite compliment is that the books either um, helped a reluctant reader, or someone who hates to read, mm-hmm. like to read again. That's what that's my favorite. Or they realize that they want to write too. Oh wow, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, what is one bit of writing advice that's really stuck with you? Um, I believe it was Nora Roberts who said that you can fix a bad page but you can't fix a blank one. Oh, that is great That's fantastic. Advice. And Nora Roberts would know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Who's written more books? <laughs> the day I found out she was also JD Roll, just like flew my mind. She's a machine. She's incredible. <sighs> wow. So yeah, write something. Mm-hmm. Write something. Can't fix nothing. Can't fix nothing. And just know that, you know, you just have to get through it. Just mm. keep writing. Um because again, you know, to to get a book published, you have to have finished a book. <laughs> <laughs> Seems so simple, but it's actually so hard. <laughs> it's very hard. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Julie. Thank you. It's a wonderful time. Thank you so much. So you can catch Julie at Supernova this weekend um, in Sydney, and I think you've got a couple of other tour dates. So you can check that out online, and you can get copies of Shadow of the Fox and Soul of the Sword and any of other jewel any of Julie's other books um, from your local bookstore or online at Booktopia. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.